Ho, ho, ho. It's your friendly holiday spookster, the Seer Claus, and I've crept down your chimney to visit you this Christmas season and share with you all some terrifying true tales of specters and spooks. This episode is going to be a bit different from our other episodes in that this episode is going to feature stories that have been pulled forth from beyond the veil, but are just a bit too short for our regular episodes. Hence, each story is a stocking stuffer. On top of that, each tale will be dedicated to certain friends of the show, presenting them as a ghostly gift that we can all share and enjoy. I haven't told any of these listeners and friends of Scry about this, so I'm looking forward to their reactions, as well as yours. Now, gather around the fireplace, sip that hot chocolate, and let Seer Claus reach into his sack of goodies and conjure forth a gift from beyond the shadows. Ah, here it is. Our first gift. This present is for Sang, the host of Whispers in the Night. Within hours of the very first episode of Scry's release, Sang reached out with words of encouragement and has been actively supporting the show through retweets and shares on social media. So it only seems right to give out the first paranormal present to who may very well be the first fan of the show. Sang, your story comes from an encounter that was experienced by Cheese Beast when he was a child. When I was a kid, we lived in a small house in Tennessee. My room had a shag carpet and a single set of windows. The view was of the very small front yard. One night, I woke up and crossed the room to the windows. I drew open the drapes and saw a small, elf-like thing sitting cross-legged in the yard. He was really thin and had a long pointed nose. He was menacing looking. I could hear his voice in my head. I asked him who he was. He laughed and told me he knew who I was. For some reason, he said things that made me laugh, but I don't recall what those things were. He asked me if he could come inside, and I told him I didn't think it was a good idea and my parents wouldn't like it. I couldn't tell if he was trying to trick me. He laughed and agreed that it was not a good idea for him to come inside. He told me to be a good boy and go back to bed. I remember the feeling of the shag carpet on my feet and crawling back in bed. I told my parents the next morning about it, and they were none too happy. I think they thought it was a perv or someone trying to break in, but I don't. Sing. I think that it's safe to say that this so-called elf that Cheese Beast saw 
wasn't one of Santa's little helpers. Merry Christmas to you and yours, and for everyone else. Check out Sang's podcast, Whispers in the Night. It's quickly became a personal favorite of mine, so don't sleep on it. And thanks to Cheese Beast for this encounter. Now it's time for Seer Claus to reach back into his sack of goodies and pull out another gift for a special friend of the show. Let's check out the tag on this present and see who it's for. Ah, Shadow Vibe. For those of you who don't know, Shadow Vibe makes killer music, and I have featured his music on a couple episodes in the past, and I'll go ahead and include some of it in this story as well. Thank you for all the support that you have shown, Shadow Vibe, and keep making these incredible tracks. The tale that makes up your gift comes from Apache Scout. Let's give it a listen. I had a friend that was killed in Mexico while climbing on a rock. He lost his grip and fell 30 or so feet onto some rocks below and crushed his melon. Anyway, a month or so after the funeral, I had a dream. In the dream, I woke up and went to my living room where my friend who died was sitting on my couch. He looked all normal and everything. I asked him what he was doing here. I thought you were... I paused. He said, Dead? Yeah, I said. Dead. He said, I am. I just came down to let you know everything is alright. I know you have been worried about it. Then he said, Well, I have to go. I asked, Go? What do you have to do? He laughed and said, What? You think we just sit around on clouds and play harps? I have things to do. I asked him, What if I want to see you again? Just think about me. I'll be around. With that, I woke up. I sat straight up in my bed, completely freaked out. I went out to the living room, and of course, he wasn't there. Everything was as it should be. I wasn't particularly worried about him, so I don't know the reason for the visit, but to this day, I swear I talked to him. This was 23 years ago, and I rarely tell people about it. Apache Scout, thank you for sharing that experience with the world. And Shadow Vibe, thank you for the great work that you do and keep it coming. I know that I and many other podcasters out there are grateful to have someone out there that makes great music for podcasts and others to use free of charge. Check out Shadow Vibe on SoundCloud or ShadowVibe.com. A few weeks back, I got a message from a fellow podcaster, and this host and I have shared each other's posts in the past, and I've even recommended their podcast on a previous episode. 
but being able to chat with this host has been a blessing. I'm talking about Paula from Undercover Coven. And Allie, you're not left out of this gift either. To the ladies of Undercover Coven, this spooky story comes from Chris. And this tale is your Christmas gift. This would have been about 20 years ago, when I was around 19 or 20, when I had what I can only describe as sleep paralysis on steroids. I know what you're probably thinking. Oh, sleep paralysis, that's not supernatural, it's the result of chemicals in your brain fucking up the sink between your mind and your body. Well, that may be, but I have suffered from episodes of sleep paralysis for decades. I've seen shadow beings, I've seen aliens, I've seen ghosts standing by my bed. At least, I've seen them in bouts of sleep paralysis. This episode, which I can remember clear as day, was unlike any other episode that has happened since. And truth be told, it was the first time that I experienced it. But even then, none of the innumerable episodes that I have had afterwards have come anywhere near this level of terror and pain. I was sleeping on my stomach when I woke up, and I could tell that I wasn't alone in the room. It sounds typical so far, right? I could sense these invisible beings, demons, flying around the room rapidly, dashing from corner to corner, smiling, laughing, laughing at me. They were invisible, yet somehow, I could tell where they were and what they were doing. Then the attack began. The first of these invisible sons of bitches swooped down and grabbed my ankles. Another swooped down behind him, reached over him, and began to run his claws down the back of my legs, slowly sinking them into my flesh. I could feel the muscles in my legs being torn, and then the demon did it again, sinking his claws to the bone this time, scraping against it as he tore chunks of flesh from my legs. My legs burned in pain, and I tried to scream out in anguish, but I couldn't so much as make a whimper. Another demon approached the side of my bed and brought his arm down on mine, hard. I could feel my arm break. I could then feel the demon begin yanking on my fractured arm, trying to rip it free of my body. Before it could manage this, another demon made its presence known. It was under me, inside the mattress. I could feel it push its hands up from inside the mattress pushing against my stomach. Its claws tore through the fabric of the mattress and then tore through my skin and into my stomach. White hot pain seared through me as this demon ripped apart my stomach and began pulling out my organs, eviscerating me. I could feel every ounce of pain that these demons were inflicting on me. 
another demon approached, and the ones that had been tormenting and torturing me fell back and resumed flying around the room. I can remember seeing my blinds blow like they were in an open window during a hurricane. The posters on my walls were ripped free, and debris whipped around the room like a tornado. The final demon pushed my head down against the pillow. I could still see to the side, but I couldn't move or make a sound. Pain racked whatever was left of my body. Tears streamed down from my eyes. With his free hand, the demon reached toward my neck and drug one single claw against my throat, easily cutting into me. I could feel the blood rush out, and I can remember choking on it. I was dying. These fucking demons had killed me. Everything was going black. And then darkness. Suddenly, I shot up into a sitting position on my bed. I was alive, and I could move. My body wasn't harmed in any way, yet I could still feel the pain that these demons had inflicted upon me. The tears that the pain and fear had brought out were very real, though it appeared the damage to my physical body was not. It took hours for my body to feel normal again, and I stayed awake for the following three days, too scared to go to sleep lest these demons showed up again. Ultimately, I would pass out and never see those invisible bastards again, thank God. You can call this sleep paralysis, but I have never had another episode where I could feel some dreamed-up entity touching me like that. I've never heard anyone else tell tales of episodes causing such physical pain either. I've been in car wrecks, a motorcycle wreck, and have had countless accidents during the misadventures of my youth, but I have never felt a pain so intense as what I felt in this episode. It could have all been in my head as some sort of fucking glitch between my body and brain as I was sleeping, but that pain was very fucking real. I just hope that whatever caused it wasn't. Chris, I have suffered bouts of sleep paralysis in the past, and as terrifying as it can be for me, I haven't had anything near that level of intensity and never felt more than a hand touching me. I decided to give this gift to Undercover Coven, as they have an excellent episode on sleep paralysis that you should all check out. Seer Claus is going to grab some eggnog real fast, and make sure that his reindeer aren't feeding on the neighbors. But I'll be back after a brief message from our sponsor. Do you like creepy stories? True crime? Cults? Dogs? Wait, that has nothing to do with it. Well, then you should listen to Undercover Coven. I'm Paula. I'm Ali. 
and Undercover Coven is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Come, Come join, join us. us. Bye. Bye. Seer Claws here, and we're back for some more holiday scares. But there are still a few presents to give away in my giant sack of goodies. So let's pull out another and see who it's for. Oh, let's move the cobwebs off the name tag here. Oh, it has two names on it. Elboro Loco and Stacy. These two individuals have been a social media blessing with Elboro Loco retweeting our show's links on Twitter and Stacy sharing episodes constantly on Facebook. To our social media godsends, the following tale from Aim for the Medic is for you. When I was 11 or 12, I had family that lived in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee, a town called Taswell, way up in the mountains. My great-grandmother lived in an 1800s house on the property. No electricity, no running water. My uncle lived in a trailer also on the property. My great-grandfather had passed away several years before this incident I'm about to tell you about. Anyway, my great-grandma would always say that my great-grandpa would visit her at night, which everyone assumed meant in her dreams. She was 95 at this time. Well, one day, very late at night, on a dare from my dad, I went up to the old house from the trailer to go pump some water from the kitchen. On my walk up to the house, I noticed two people sitting on the front porch rocking. It was my great-grandma and a man I never met. When I got within about 50 yards, the man stood up and went inside, stopping to kiss my great-grandma on his way in. I could see him stand up, kiss her, open the screen door, and walk inside. I went up to my great-grandma and asked her, Who was that? She told me it was my great-grandpa. I immediately went into full freak-out mode, dropped the bucket for the water, and ran back to the trailer. I told my dad what happened and he said that everyone in the family has seen it, and no one goes to the house after dark. He dared me to go up there, even though I was scared, because I didn't believe. Aim for the Medic. That is a beautiful tale to share that has a great family connection. And after all, this is the time of year for spending time with family, whether they are otherworldly or otherwise. 
And as for you, Elboro Loco and Stacy, I hope you have enjoyed this audio gift and Merry Christmas to the both of you. My sack is getting low, but it's not empty yet. Let's move on to our next gift. This one also has two names on it, Adam and Beth. Beth appeared in episode eight, sharing her experience through voicemail, meeting a first for Scry. Adam's encounter was read on episode four and was our first submission received, arriving weeks before we launched. For these two firsts for the show, Adam and Beth have been given the following gift, which is an experience that is shared by Magic Missile. During my divorce, I moved into a nice condo in Las Vegas. I was there for about six months to get back on my feet. It was a really nice place, very upscale, and I used it also as an office during the first phase of starting my business. I was sitting in my home movie theater about a year ago, fully extended and relaxed on the Lazy Boy. I had a projector that was ceiling mounted and created about a 35 foot screen. I was halfway into his show and paused it to take a work call at about 10.30 p.m. at night. And I'm sitting and not paying any attention of what is on the screen. I have my laptop out on my lap, pulling up some cost projections and take a glance up because the room grew dark. I saw the shadow of a figure blocking out the projection, standing less than two feet behind where I was sitting. I nearly shit myself, jumped out of my lazy boy, and did a full 180 to see nothing. About three or four days after this happened, I was dead asleep upstairs, and I hear a woman screaming in my ear. Wake up, you motherfucker. Super loud. I jumped out of bed and scanned the room, checked the house, and found nothing. I said a prayer and saged each room. Less than an hour after I was finished, I started hearing what sounded like pounding on the second-story balcony sliding glass door, followed up with screaming, Let me in! I went upstairs to see the glass of the sliding door oscillating back and forth with the impact of solid heavy blows. At the same time, I had security ring my doorbell, so I ran downstairs and let them in. I guess a neighbor had called about suspected domestic dispute or an argument because of all the noise. I let them come in and look around. I told him I heard it too, but didn't go into any detail. I moved out two months later. Thank you, Magic Missile, for sharing your encounter. 
And thank you, Adam and Beth, for contributing your stories to the show. Merry Christmas to you both. And if anyone else has had experiences that they wish to share, they can go Adam's route and email us at scrypodcast at gmail.com or head over to scrypod.com and use the submission form there. You can also take the road traveled by Beth and leave us a message at 573-203-8668. I have one last gift to give out this year, and it is a big present. This gift's tag reads, You. Yes, this gift is for you and all our other listeners. Written and shared by F. Drifting, we now present his experience to you all, our listeners, as your Christmas gift. So every night after I feed the pugs, I take them for a walk around the neighborhood, past most of the other townhomes. Now, the setup of these units are four units to the building. Basically, each unit takes up a corner. Each unit also has a courtyard area outside the front door with a fence around it and a gate leading inside. Throughout my stay in this neighborhood, one unit I pass by every night gives off this vibe. There had been two tenants there since I moved in. Don't know what the deals were, but they both moved out within a month or two after moving in. It's been unoccupied for about six months now. A few months back, I was walking by, and as my dog sniffed around the area outside of the fence to do business, I looked up into the sliding glass doors on the second floor, and a moment later, the blinds moved quickly like someone pulled back. I kind of stiffened up and didn't know what it was at first, but chalked it up to the AC kicking on. There is a vent near the slider in that room. So now, every night as I walk by that place, I just get the damn creeps. Some nights, my dogs seem real interested in that place. They sniff at the gate or scratch it, even whine trying to get in. Other nights, they give the place a wide berth and whimper if they get too close. At that point, I started getting unnerved. Now, move forward to a month ago. I'm walking by at around 11pm and notice the gate is wide open and it alarmed me. The gate is always locked. I look up into the room with a slider and the bedroom light is on. I stare into it and I can see a shadow on the wall near where the bathroom is move more out of view and then the light shuts off. My dogs start stirring and pulling at their leashes away from the area. After my skin starts to crawl, I follow their lead. About two minutes later, when I'm probably 150 to 200 yards away, I hear a loud bang. I spin around and see nothing, just darkness. 
I walk back towards the unit and see that the gate is shut. I grab the handle and it's locked as well. I start to feel nauseated and I quickly made my way back home. The next day, out of curiosity, I called the homeowners association and asked them if the unit was occupied now. They said it was still open and I informed them that the night before the light was on in the master bedroom and the gate was open. The lady on the phone seemed unnerved and said no one has been scheduled to be there. She thanks me for the call and asks to let her know if it happens again. The next night I walk by, the gate is open. The night after I walk by, and the gate is open. The night after that, I walk by, and the gate is open. I so badly want to walk into the courtyard and shine a flashlight in the sliders on the ground floor, but I'm too much of a pussy. A sidearm doesn't give me much comfort in that situation. I can't help but have the sensation that I'm feeling drawn to this place. At this point, I've noticed during the day, this place is locked up tight. The gate is never open at all. A couple days later, I see a plumbing truck in the assigned parking spot on the unit and see a gentleman packing up his tools. I asked if he worked in the unit, to which he replied, yes. I asked if there were any belongings inside or anything like that because the gate had been open at night and I've seen the light on. He said he saw nothing, but then asks a question in return. He chuckles and says, This place isn't haunted or anything, is it? I asked him what made him ask that, to which he replied, it Just creeped me out. It felt like I was being watched the whole time I worked in the bathroom upstairs. At night, the same stuff happens. I start ignoring it. At this point, I'm just used to it. Now go back to only a week ago, where shit really starts to get weird. I'm walking by on a Friday night, a lot later than usual because me and my fiancé were out late. I think it was around 1am. As I'm passing, I glance at the open gate. And as the view of the front of the house comes by, I absolutely freeze when I see the front door is open. Goosebumps. I start fumbling with the leash, just gaping at the door. I feel an intense feeling of being drawn inside. For some reason, I wanted to go inside really bad. I could not get the damn thought out of my head. I kept telling myself there was no way I'd put myself in that situation and that it was stupid. But for some reason, I had to. I wrapped the leashes up around a tree trunk and let them wander around sniffing nearby and walk into the courtyard and look around and fixate on the front door, wondering why in the hell I'm even in there. The door was open maybe two inches from the frame. 
I slowly start reaching for the handle, even though in my mind, I'm screaming to walk away, to do anything but go inside. But I keep reaching. My dogs start going ballistic, barking like their lives depend on it, and it breaks my concentration on the door. I look back at the door, wondering what the heck was I thinking, and decide that this is stupid of me. I start backpedaling from the unit to return home, and before I turn around to leave the courtyard, I watch the door proceed to slowly open, inch by inch, until it's open all the way. My instincts at this point tell me to run, and I listen. I hurry outside and fumble with the leashes and make a brisk walk for my house. I want so badly to understand what the hell is going on inside there, but since then, I haven't been able to bring myself to walk anywhere near that place. I have a completely different route that I take now. Thank you F Drifting for sharing your story. And thank you everyone for listening. For all of our listeners, to people like Beth and Adam who contribute their encounters, or El Burro Loco and Stacy who share the show with others, or Shadow Vibe for making music and giving it to podcasters, and to my fellow podcasting friends at Undercover Coven and Whispers in the Night and everywhere else, I wish you all the merriest of Christmases to you and yours. But now it is time for Seer Claus to finish his Christmas cookie and climb his fat ass back up the chimney, out to his sleigh, and fly off beyond the veil and gather more true tales of terror from the other side and beyond. Try not to light a fire in the old fireplace until I've made it out. Merry Christmas, everyone. You all are the real gift in my opinion. Our podcast recommendations to tide you over until our next episode are, of course, Undercover Coven and Whispers in the Night. Our creepy Christmas music that was used during our interludes was performed by Mew and appears under a Creative Commons license. Check out his work at thedarkpiano.com. The music in our second story is by Shadow Vibe, of course. Check out shadowvibe.com for more dark music. All stories on Scry are purported to be true. And don't forget, after Ol' Seer Claus leaves, make sure that you close the gate. And as always, say goodbye. This is Scry. Scry. What is the scariest story you've ever been told? Have you heard the one about the creature who wanders the woods near your home. A hotel with guests who never checked out. Maybe you've heard the one about the police deputy who had an encounter with things not of our world. The scariest stories we know aren't the ones that we make up to frighten one another. 
They're the ones that have a history to them. And in history, there's truth. The Midwest is full of these. My name is Sang Peng Duongdet. Whispers in the Night is a podcast that is devoted to exploring cases of the paranormal, the unexplained, and the things that terrify us most. Through fact, he appears to be what? Stabbed. Stabbed? Fiction. The door to the cellar flew open and the ghost appeared. And folklore. In the weeks after I took them, I found little footprints around the cabin. Whispers in the Night. Available wherever you tune in to podcasts.